This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives in this home and is the other person on this podcast. Hello, it's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. (laughs) It is. It's me. I almost didn't say it's Sarah Scrimshaw and just cut right to hello. So I had to say hello, it's Sarah Scrimshaw. (laughs) Already, I've made an error, but I'm not starting over. Uh, How are you? I'm doing, you know, okay. (laughs) You know what? Let's leave it at that. We're all doing just okay. And that's fine. But we actually do have, I think, for me, mm-hmm. if I may speak for myself, an exciting topic. Uh, this is fun for me when you and I find a topic that you are truly obsessed about mm-hmm. uh, or obsessed with and that I have knowledge of, like I'm aware of the existence of the thing that we're going to talk <laughs> about, but it's not a, we're both obsessed about this. This is a your obsession, yep. not mine. I get to enjoy this obsession vicariously. We're going to talk this week about shoes. Yeah. Uh, and my first most important question is, uh, shoes as an umbrella topic includes boots, right? Yes. Okay. That's how I define it, at least. Okay. Because yes. uh, we can call the episode Shoes and Boots. <laughs> but then, I mean, are we also going to be like Shoes, Boots, and Sandals? Um, oh, yeah. That sounds know. like a great film. Right? Yeah, a great heist movie. Let's let's do it. The three characters, shoes, boots, and sandals, get together <laughs> to steal, I don't know, what, a flip-flop? There we go. Is a flip-flop a sandal? Depends on who you ask. <laughs> I'm asking you. <laughs> Not in the movie. Not in the movie. Okay, no. there you go. There you go. We have our major motion picture all plotted out right there. Uh, let's start with just the big picture. Sometimes I like to build to the big picture. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I want to see what our starting point is. Uh, why do you think that you are obsessed with shoes? Is it uh, any one of these things or a mix of these things, the practical, like you've, you have had reasons in your life and in your career to wear different kinds of shoes and have it be an essential part of um, dance and performance and things like that? Um, is it the aesthetic? Is it a little bit of enjoying the collectability of getting a new pair of shoes? Is it one of those things? Is it all those things? Is it none of those things? What is the obsession? Ooh, that's great. It's a it's a combination of the the enjoyment of what of wearing different types of shoes, the enjoyment of looking at different shoes. Um, I'd say it's much more about that side of things. The looking at them and wearing them. Yes. Then the collectability. Yeah, I mean the collectability maybe a little bit, um, but not necessarily the like. Um, being obsessed with shoes because I wear them. I feel like most people wear shoes. Many people wear shoes. Many people are probably not obsessed with shoes. Shoes. Yeah. Shoes. I could say shoes. <laughs> okay. So if it's it, it's not wearing them, but it is wearing them, right? Oh, I mean, totally. Right. I, I understand that what you're saying is that wearing shoes is not unique. It's not like you have discovered that and that is your obsession <laughs> of I'm doing this thing that nobody else is doing. But where does the joy truly come from? When you think of moments of joy with shoes, is it buying a new one is it finding a design that is really beautiful to you or is it in the everyday like i'm wearing my favorite shoes today and that makes me happy where does the joy come from it's a little bit of a few different things it can be the hunt uh, the finding of shoes that are like not just another pair of shoes but shoes yeah um it can be the story behind the shoes um which i feel i have a few pairs of shoes over the years that like to me, have a story behind them, and I don't need anybody else to know the story. I just enjoy it for myself. It can be the way that 
I feel when I'm wearing different pairs of shoes. It can be the way that different pairs of shoes look. Um, yeah. Okay. So when you say sort of jokingly, not just shoes, but shoes, uh, what does that mean to you? What What is that moment where a shoe becomes more than a practical functional thing but makes you think like "Ooh, that's a shoe <laughs> that you would have to underline and italicize <laughs> um i'd say it's more that is primarily going to be about the design okay the aesthetic of it okay excellent and we will get into more of what, what some of your favorites were and why but i just wanted to understand big picture what the uh obsession is it is so it sounds to me it is both aesthetic and functional yeah but only collectible in that like the joy of finding something new. It's not like this desire to have like uh, be a shoe a month club <laughs> or two shoes a month. Oh, oh, there probably is that too. Okay. So yeah. you are interested in if money and time and space were no object, if joy was the only thing you had to consider, you would have walls and walls and rooms and rooms of shoes and that would make you happy? Yep. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Uh, so how many of pairs of shoes do you actually own right now? I will accept a guesstimate. Wow. Um, so I'm, I'm going to put in a caveat right up front because um, we haven't had caveats for this podcast yet today. I mean, <laughs> You caveated <laughs> that we haven't had caveats yet. <laughs> uh, so I'm also really bad at getting rid of shoes when they really can no longer be worn. Um, that includes shoes for the outdoors. That includes dance shoes. Oh, and if we include dance shoes in this, then I need to really up the number. I think dance shoes count as, as shoes. Oh, wow. Um, so I was going to say I have probably over 100 pairs of shoes. Wow. Now, as we mentioned on this podcast often, because it usually comes up when I talk about action figures or books, we have a storage space in our uh, home of Minneapolis. We live in Los Angeles now. Out of those hundred shoes, mm -hmm. how many are in our storage place back in Minneapolis, and how many are how many shoes do I live with? <laughs> I would say, I would say about sixty of them are in storage. And this is sixty pairs. Pairs right? of shoes. <laughs> um, another at least ten pairs of shoes, at least are dance shoes. Okay. Because you know you need like. Um, uh, black character shoes and tan character shoes and tap shoes and ballet shoes and soft sole jazz shoes and like if you're and I only brought if I even brought half of my dance shoes like that were in active rotation when we moved I didn't bring all of my shoes with me yeah all of my active dance shoes because you just you need different shoes for different occasions yeah well of course of course and I understand how for you and we'll talk more about this in dance shoes that's something you you functionally need for performance yeah and yeah. I understand how in your mind you would kind of separate dance shoes mm -hmm. uh from I need to go to work or I'm going to the park shoes but for this line of investigation, <laughs> I think shoes is an umbrella that uh, I'm interested in. Yeah. The total number. Yeah. So about 100, mm -hmm. most 60-ish in the uh, storage space. Yeah. Which means I live with around 40 pairs of shoes. Yep. Plus the, I believe, three I own? Two? <laughs> three. Three? Thank you. Thank you for keeping Four. track. I, oh, really? Yep. yep. Uh, do I do I have some show shoes that I'm forgetting about? Um, you have some some fancy dress shoes. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes. And then it's just the converse in some very very beat up old <laughs> black dress shoes in uh, absolute uh, quote marks. All right, that is very impressive. Uh, that I live with forty pairs of shoes, and that is there there must be nestled everywhere. I feel like I'm in like a <laughs> uh, one of those uh, like uh, find a find this hidden object 
illustrations mm-hmm. where like everywhere I look, there's secretly a shoe and I don't see it. I'm surprisingly good at for not having a super organized closet at managing closet space. Yeah, tucking yeah. away the shoes. Yeah. Um, do you miss the variety of shoe wearing opportunities during the pandemic? I do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because here's one of the funny things about I own that many pairs of shoes. I think during the pandemic, with the exception of yesterday, because I put on a different pair of shoes knowing we were doing this, I have probably worn two pairs of shoes. Oh, wow. Mm, three if you include flip-flops. Uh, <laughs> because really the only places I go, okay, that's, okay, we'll bump it up to like five or six. Five or six. But, but in still, a normal year, you would have had, what, you would have worn at least 20, probably. 30 different pairs? if you Because yeah. you, you're switching them out with different outfits at work, right? and Or different parties. Yeah, yeah, because there's because part of it is um, there have not been many places to dress up, and a lot of my shoes are more on the dressy side of things, um, which can be work shoes. Except a lot of my work for the last year and even before the pandemic, I had kind of switched to always wearing very basic uh, shoes that I would not underline and emphasize as shoes. Okay, uh, because I never knew when I was going to have to climb something or you know like go on a crawl down a hillside or something like that like i needed practical shoes yeah um so i have two pairs of practical shoes that i basically alternate back and forth between okay so how how has that affected your relationship with shoes has it made you pine for them more or has it made you uh feel uh, something else yeah um it, i forgot about some of the pairs of shoes so it's given me the opportunity for fun discovery <laughs> like oh yeah because in fact i had bought um two pairs of shoes primarily for work but for life um right before the pandemic hit like i think they arrived at the same day as the stay-at-home order arrived in california wow that is a cruel shoe delivery (laughs) right and one of them i think i did wear once just because i was like whatever i'm gonna wear different shoes um and the other i forgot about and then i was like oh look new (laughs) shoes that are almost a year old yeah, well, I mean, that's a great way to approach it, that it when the pandemic times uh, begin their slow, uh, gradual process of ending, because mm-hmm. uh, sadly, it's not like we cut the ribbon, pandemic over, <laughs> like a 7-Eleven is opening up. Um, I don't know if they cut ribbons for 7-Elevens, but in my <laughs> mind, they do. It's a funny picture. Uh, but, but you're approaching it more as you will get to reconnect with old friends mm-hmm. rather than it's living in your mind as... Every day you wake up and mourn your loss of shoe activity. Uh, that That is correct. I do not mourn my loss of shoe activity. But I look forward to other ones. And it's also going to be really interesting because, like I said, I've only worn really comfy shoes or, you know, been like barefoot in our home in a long time. And over the years, how much I wear heels or not has changed. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting both for myself and I'm curious for people in general of if they haven't put on heels for a year, you know, what are going to be the the changes that we see? Um, I know people are talking a lot about that with clothing and work clothing, but I'm also very curious about it for um, shoe trends. Yeah, I had a exchange this past week about sweatpants and I had I had been kind of eh, joking. Um, but then I, it was one of those jokes where we got a lot of deadly serious responses <laughs> and passionate <laughs> responses about how yeah no people want to be able to wear sweatpants and have like without kind of even joking about it of having like work casual sweatpants Mm -hmm. um and that really seems to me uh the possibility of being tied to something like heels 
of saying we we don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, that some people will say, like, uh, obviously people could say that anytime, but being directly affected by that. Are you anxious to wear heels again? No, not necessarily. And, and I honestly don't wear heels as much um, in the last few years as I used to uh, because the place where I work, as I've mentioned before, is largely outdoors and has uneven paths. And so it's a heels trap. I, yeah, I learned early on and I walk a lot. And so I was like, hmm, this is a place for comfy shoes or for um, more practical shoes. Yeah. Is there a part of you that is longing to wear heels at like a party or a show? Totally. Okay. So for you, it isn't like this revelation that you've been freed from heels. Heels are a part of the uh, grand uh, adventure of shoes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So I wanted to get a little bit more of the big picture uh, before we go mm -hmm. back in time as we always do. But now it's time to go back to the uh, shoe origins. What is your first memory or memories of having like a favorite pair of shoes? Was that something that you did as a, as a kid that you remember having? Uh, and as a kid, feel free to define that as anything from uh, 2 to 22, however you want to define it. <laughs> um, so the first pair of shoes that I remember, I don't know if I ever actually wore. Um, my, I had a doll that wore shoes, and it was a doll that was kind of, you know, vaguely like baby-sized. So okay. a lot of the clothing that this doll named Sarah, you know, I was very creative with my <laughs> Did doll Did you name names. it? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Her name was Sarah, just like mine. You know, you have mentioned that you had a friend named Sarah. Was it, yeah. were there, now there were three Sarahs. There was a, you Sarah, friend Sarah, and doll Sarah? Yeah, I probably had more than one doll named Sarah. Just... <laughs> you should think dolls were all named Sarah. No, 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 not all of them. Um, most of them were not, but I, I okay. believe I did have two dolls that were named Sarah. Okay. Um, and just to be clear, my friend Sarah, that was actually her name. <laughs> you, you didn't did assign her the name. Okay. <laughs> okay, um, Brittany, you're Sarah now. <laughs> So uh, doll Sarah would often wear clothes that had been, you know, like mine or my brother's uh, hand-me-downs okay. to the dolls. And so uh, she had a pair of little like green and white little like baby sneakers. And I don't honestly know if I wore those or not, but I remember because I played with her a lot when I was very, very little, like okay. three. Okay. Um, and so I remember those shoes um, very clearly. Uh, okay. Probably because she still lives at my parents' house and I think still wears those shoes. <laughs> so I've had the opportunity to see them again. What do you remember? Do you remember just liking their colors? Did you respond to that? Um, like I, I know I did for, you know, dolls or teddy bears or action figures, a little bit of that, like we're getting to uh, pretend with real things of like, you know, mm -hmm. holding, you know, wearing, putting a hoodie up, that kind of thing. Was it was it the sort of the fascination with their functional or was it something aesthetic about the shoes themselves that that lodged in your mind? It was aesthetic. They were fun. OK. They're green and white striped shoes. Yay. How fun. Yay. Yeah. OK. Um, yeah. So I certainly remember that. I, I don't honestly have lots of other memories of shoes from really young, uh, but it just was kind of a thing. And then I think probably as I got into like middle schoolish. OK. It's when I'm going to say like somewhere around there is when the wanting more shoes or really paying attention to shoes took over. Yeah. And it was not in a like wanting fancy shoes for a long time. My favorite shoes were old canvas shoes where the glue had gone out. And so like the, you know, like the top toe would come apart from the bottom toe, but yeah. I wouldn't get rid of them. I would, I would insist on wearing them anyway. And 
then we get another pair of keds and wear them until they were you know not actually keds you know like target yeah. keds or whatever you know and um so i wore those for a long time and then i got really into um shopping for th- shoes at thrift stores okay let me go back to the keds because yeah. it's interesting to go to the thrift store uh but before we get there so was was the desire to keep them functional even after they were falling apart was that coming out of a an idea to recycle reuse use everything until it is absolutely disintegrating or was it more of a these shoes are your friends and you don't want to move on from them oh no i think it was more that they were my style choice okay i'll use style as a like question mark um that that was like no this is the look i wanted Okay, well, that makes perfect sense, that that aesthetic. But many kids who like the aesthetic of Keds <laughs> or other shoes. Falling apart of shoes. Any kind, uh, well, that's, that's what I'm getting at is yeah. the falling apart. Because if it was just the aesthetic, you could be like, oh, this one's got a hole in it. Great, I'll throw it out and I'll get some new ones. But you tried to keep the individual shoes alive past their, their uh, use-by date. Yeah. Why do you think you did that? Was that a relationship with the shoe or is it about recycling? Um, probably both, but I also mean that that was my aesthetic, like the worn out shoes. Oh, you liked them worn out? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I would wrap shoes sometimes with duct tape, um, but uh, yeah, no, that was part of the aesthetic. So do you think that, that was, was like an artistic for. expression? I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you get, did you ever get teased at all about having uh, duct taped shoes? I mean, I think the pointing out that this was part of my style maybe includes that the rest of my style choices might have been questionable so i don't remember being teased about my shoes and i think i I feel like kind of like slightly worn out shoes were maybe the fashion at that point anyway or at least amongst my friend group they were and i think they're just like yep there's sarah being weird again okay yeah i mean certainly like torn jeans and things like that yeah but you just liked it yourself you didn't think uh, i'm guessing tell me Mm -hmm. if i'm wrong but you just like that aesthetic something about it spoke to you it wasn't like you were looking at sort of uh any incoming branding from the world like uh like for example like when i was young and would and wanted jeans with holes in them it was because like it's kind of lived in that means you're out doing stuff it's kind of rock and roll to have a hole in in your jeans Mm -hmm. but you weren't responding to any sort of trying to put on i am a this kind of i'm showing everyone i'm an artsy weirdo because i have duct tape shoes you were just like i like it (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of that of like, yeah, let me show this is my style. But I had already had um, for a year um, having like a certain type of loafer, not penny loafers, but ones where like then the shoelaces were tied in a very specific style. Yeah, um, was very much the thing. And I did have a pair of those. So I had already kind of had the I'm going to have the the shoes that everybody has and show that I can do the thing. I can do that. I can be part of the everybody group. And then I think, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of it was like, I want to explore my artsy side. And it isn't like I was wearing shoes till I had like no soles on them. And I, but I think I had like three or four different pairs of these cheap canvas shoes that I would just like wear until it was really like, yeah, no, Sarah. Okay. Time for a new pair of cheap canvas shoes. (laughs) But then you moved on to actually getting them uh, from, where did you say? Thrift Thrift stores, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what was that about? Was that continuing the aesthetic of uh, shoes that look like they've uh, been through a lot? No, I think, I I don't, I honestly don't remember how that one started. I probably was just at thrift stores and then had probably originally thought all shoes at thrift stores would be really worn down and used. And I think I was kind of away from the looking raggedy by that point. And 
but I kept finding amazing shoes at thrift stores for like $3 that had barely been worn or that were just like, and they were cool and interesting and different from what I was seeing on, you know, the, you know, there was no online to go order shoes. So it wasn't what I was seeing at, you know, whatever shoe store, you know, we were going to. Yeah. And so it was a way I think to find, it was, it was really about a way to find unique shoes that I liked though. It wasn't just like, Oh, these are weird. So I'm going to wear them. It was like, Oh, these speak to me because I really like this aesthetic because this has a little bit of like it feels vintage or this one feels cool and has a block heel or, you know, like I liked a lot of those it, things. It was just pure, pure aesthetic. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's great. And comfort. Um, did you have a point at any part in your early life? And again, feel free to define this as anywhere from eight to 30 <laughs> uh, that you wanted to take on the mantle of I am a shoe person I like shoes that's one of my sort of things Mm. um well (laughs) my parents would probably say I always did (laughs) uh I mean it was certainly it was just a thing and then also because I was buying shoes at thrift stores for somewhere between 30 cents and three dollars you could buy multiple pairs of shoes and have it not be expensive. Yeah. So it was really easy to collect, a sh- have a shoe collection. Yeah. And so I absolutely did that um, already by high school and then continued on from there. Okay. And were you, uh, when you started dancing, obviously, mm-hmm. then shoes were a, a functional part of that, right? Ballet and tap and all the sorts of different kinds of dance shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that in, uh, accelerate your interest in shoes oh it's really fascinating because i've always treated them as different in my mind okay no it has never been the same thing to me okay so tell me about the relationship to a dance shoe versus you found an aesthetically beautiful uh shoe at a thrift store and you're you're super excited about it and it's a random wednesday at school and you're wearing your new thrift shoes yeah but then you have rehearsal and you put on these specific dance shoes yeah what what is the difference in your relationship to them? Do you, are you in, is is the thrift store shoe a fun expression, and then the dance shoe is just this practical workhorse? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, the because I put on you know I put on my point shoes or I put on my tap shoes, and they were part of what was needed for the um, class usually, or if it was you know performance or something, but for the expression of what I was trying to do, dancing wise. Okay, so they were part of the necessary equipment it wasn't necessarily i mean it was about the shoes because you wanted especially with, with point shoes you want shoes there's so many different kinds and you want shoes that are comfortable i know that sounds ridiculous to people who have not worn <laughs> point shoes uh i loved point shoes just gonna put that out there they were like they were comfy <laughs> well yeah it's okay how how were they comfy or why were they comfy i mean obviously because i was a masochist uh, <laughs> uh they weren't comfy i mean i had i always I had blisters on my feet from seventh grade through 12th grade that never healed. Because point shoes are literally, tell me if I'm wrong, they are literally have like, they're designed to be stood on top of, right? Mm-hmm. That's the, so physically describe what a point shoe is. Yeah. So you've got um, a, the top is multiple layers of fabric that have been th- stiffened. Okay. And you put layer and layer and layer of fabric on the top and so that you can stand on that. And then you've got the shank of the shoe, which is the part that goes underneath the arch and different types of shoes were experimenting with different types of 
shanks. Like that was at least a big time thing then. I know. Feel free to say the word shanks <laughs> as much as you want. It's one of my favorite words. And some of them, get this, had removable shanks. Removable shanks. Yep. And uh, sounds like the name of a cat in the movie. <laughs> And play cats. Hi, I'm Removable Shanks. Removable Shank. Um, yeah. So then it was about like you because you wanted the shoes to be the point shoes to be flexible enough that you because you wanted to be able to dance in them. Because at first when you get them they're very stiff, so you can't dance in them. But then also they what so you kind of you break them in like literally by breaking the the shoes like the arches you bend in half, and then. You wear them, but then you don't want to break them in too fast because you go through them. And so for point shoes, I went through a lot of point shoes because I would just like, because the toe box where you're standing on your toe would either get holes in it or it would get too, um, too soft. Okay. And, and that's not where you go like, oh, but that's my aesthetic. That's where you're like, oh, if I don't replace my shoes, I'm going to break my foot. Because you'll, you'll literally fall, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it isn't supporting the weight. Yeah. Okay. So it makes sense to me that you would go through them quickly and they would become, they, they are they're tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you said you found them comfy. <laughs> what is, where is that coming from? Is it like, it, do you mean that like almost in an emotional sense? Like they are your, you know, well-traveled friends in this adventure or? Um, I, I was kind of being tongue in cheek because okay. point shoes are so much a thing of like, oh, pain, masochism, um, ban- you know, binding your feet. And I think at the time, because I was, you know, I started wearing them in seventh grade maybe sixth grade and um sixth grade and you know so my feet were used to it they were used to that shape um once I stopped wearing point shoes my feet did flatten out from you know so it is like it's like binding your feet your feet form to a shape okay um but I was very used to that and I think that was it it was comforting because I was even if it hurt (laughs) yeah because I was dancing and this was just kind of part of my life no, I understand. I mean, I think uh, I can relate to that in some way of like there's this very specific uh, points on my body that if they hurt, it's a fond memory because those are the parts that I would land on to do pratfalls. Mm-hmm. And it's that that like that that pain means I'm working. Yeah, um, yep, exactly. Moving forward, I'm doing my thing. Yeah. Whereas like if I were to put on just a regular pair of shoes at a shoe store and it hurt in that way, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not buying these. Okay. Because I, it, it's not like the pain is the comfort. It was about the experience of dancing. This means I'm doing my thing. Yep. 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 Uh, I want to ask you uh, how you feel as you grew into being a shoe person, mm-hmm. uh, how you feel about any cultural baggage. And, and I'll, I'll give an example. Like yeah. For myself, as somebody who liked action figures, I've talked about it a lot on the podcast, so I'll keep this short. But like, you know, even as a, as a kid, you know, there's the window where everybody likes action figures. And then as I got into sort of like junior high, high school, when I was I, I was very culturally aware, I should I'm supposed to not be interested in action figures anymore. Mm-hmm. And I still was. And I was very aware of there were some places I could admit that and other places that I shouldn't. Uh, and then, you know, even as an adult and, you know, having a literal uh, mountain of action figures uh, in our living room. I still have an instinct to to make a little bit of a joke about it and have a sense of humor about it because I'm still aware of the potential cultural baggage mm-hmm. of some people, you know, might be, you know, open minded about it. But for other people, it's always going to be an easy go to joke. Yeah. And it's always some people are always would see this and be like, he he has never grown up. He's a child, you know, like I'm so I'm aware of 
the baggage. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm asking for the the shoe thing is with those kinds of being aware of that other people could have views that maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. Has that ever affected you? And if so, in like what ways? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's the like the joke of like, oh, women in their shoes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm sure I've had times in my life where I've kind of tried to push back against that. Um, I think the the sheer the number of shoes, like I mentioned with the number of shoes, I also have a hard time getting rid of shoes, partly because, uh, as I've talked about many times, I get very uh, environmentally conscious and don't know how, like, I don't want to just throw them away. And a lot of them you can't pull apart and recycle easily. So it's like, well, what do I do with them? I'll put them in a box. <laughs> um, so, so a lot of my shoes are not functional shoes that you could wear because, you know, like they're heels and they're missing a heel or something like yeah. that. Um, so, and I did actually try, uh, you may recall, once I was like, okay, I'm going to stop. Like a lot of my shoes have kind of worn down. So rather than being the person with a lot of shoes, I'm just going to go have two pairs of shoes. Um, or I think three pairs of shoes. I think I had tennis shoes and then like, a semi-dressy pair and a semi-worky pair. And I, I think I did do did keep to those two shoes, three shoes for like, I don't know, close to a year, probably more than that. And then they ran out <laughs> or just started to wear out rather. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, when you wear them all the time, then the buckles and things give up more easily. Uh, but I think other than, I think those were kind of my experiments with a reaction to what other people might think. Yeah. And other than that, I feel like the shoes for me, it's always been about my expression of it or if I have shoes that like if I have friends who are also into certain kinds of shoes or something like like it's it's been a small group of people that it might be a shared experience with or if it's or it's been something for myself it hasn't been like a thing that I need to share with the world and therefore also don't really feel a lot of judgment by the world about it right so the the moments where you have had connection it's all been positive of other people who enjoy shoes and want to share a fun discovery or share an appreciation yeah yeah i mean i've certainly had the like whoa you've got a lot of shoes um and i'm sure i used to be defensive about that and would be like yeah but i got them out thrift stores and they're all like three dollars so you know i mean i'm sure i've had those moments um but i think for me the the pushback has always been more about a judgment of um whether it's a wise wise place to spend money Okay, And so that's why it's been like, no, this like, yeah, some of my shoes are expensive because they're walking shoes that I wear a lot and you don't buy them often. So you need really good ones and other ones are not very expensive shoes and like it's a blend. Okay, so if you feel any pushback, it sounds like you feel a pushback uh, toward the sort of accusation that it is an expensive or flippant Mm -hmm. thing. Yep. Anything about expensive or flippant or um, not best environmental practices. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think when you and I uh, started dating, became partner friends, as we've yes. described it on the podcast, I I was really happy to see your uh, relationship with shoes. Ooh. Uh, because it just it felt like in a way that it w- would it would be hard to put into words, but I will try because that's what you do on a podcast. It it felt like your personality. Like a, mm-hmm. a lot of your aesthetics are in your shoes. Uh, yeah. In a lot of things that we've kind of. Uh, dug a little bit deeper into in the podcast of the kind of things you find beauty uh, beauty in it a lot of the, the shoes when I th- when I picture your shoes I I picture usually something like sort of uh brown <laughs> and with a really organic intricate little 
uh, design around the toes, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. maybe just a little bit of elevation. Like, so there's, or a little bit chunky, which, you know, is an aesthetic that you pull off really well with larger pieces of jewelry. And just like, when I look at that shoe, it kind of makes sense. Cause like, that's the shoe of a person who likes history and would be uh, happy to live in the forest or among the trees. Like, it's just something that it kind of aesthetically makes sense about it. Mm-hmm. And then also because you are a dancer uh, and are, you know, very aware of your body, mm-hmm. that it makes sense that you would have an attachment to something that just has such a literal, important physical relationship to your body. Mm-hmm. You know, and that it makes so much more sense to me. Like, um, not that you don't have t-shirts you love, but like, you're not a... I'm going to show the world who I am with t-shirts. It's like yeah. a different relation thing because a shoe has this more like mixture of aesthetic and super important functional relationship to like standing, walking, moving. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great point. And absolutely. Like I'm not a t-shirt person, but I am a shoe person. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm super happy to hear that you have not had to encounter uh, too much negative baggage. Yeah. Not that I remember, at least. <laughs> or or you've put Maybe it in a box like an old shoe. <laughs> Don't know how to deal with that, so we'll just put it in a box. Uh, I want to explore some of the joy. Uh, what is a favorite pair of shoes um, that are long gone? Yeah. So can I share a story? Sure. <laughs> so I have a, pair, a favorite pair of shoes, which is one of my... Um, I have a lot of favorite pairs of shoes, but it is one of my favorite pairs of shoes that I've ever had. And they were thrift store shoes or rummage sale shoes, something like that, that I got in high school. And um, they were perhaps a pair of shoes that I maybe did get a little bit um, made fun of for okay, uh, by friends. Uh, but I didn't care because I loved them. And they were this kind of like... Mm, like a muted blue, um, like a not a bright blue, but a little bit more toward like a blue-green blue. But they're definitely blue. Um, and the thing I probably got poked good-hearted fun at was they had a very sturdy sole. So like they looked a little bit like orthotic shoes. Okay. Like what um, nurses used to wear before there were dance go shoes and Uggs. Okay. <laughs> um or Crocs, rather. Uh, dance Co's and, and Uggs. Or dance Co's? Dance Co is a brand okay. uh, that a lot of healthcare professionals wear because they're good for when you're standing long times. Got it. Long periods of time. Um, and I keep saying Uggs, I mean Crocs. Uh, but so they had that kind of chunkier one piece orthotic. But then the um, the lace was on the, the side. So like not all the way on the side. It was kind of... Um, what like a 30 degree angle from where the top is okay so on the outsides and i just there's just something about them like they were they were simple they were elegant they but they had nice lines to them like they had almost like a streamline like the stitching on them was very smooth and okay like a streamlined modern building and for listeners uh sarah (laughs) is perhaps without knowing it doing a dance with her hands which (laughs) that was not a criticism it's just for me it was it's an interesting to, to see like where does this aesthetic come from mm-hmm. and you are literally doing a dance of movement with your hands in order to describe your shoes which says to me that there is yeah. something about this inherent your inherent connection <laughs> with movement uh literally with shoes but also with visually what is aesthetically exciting to you about a shoe is because it's moving yeah yeah and and i was kind of trying to be like the upper outline of the shoe so they had this like very understated 
um, but to me, a kind of simple beauty to yeah. them. Um, and I loved them and wore them a lot. Probably had them, got them in like sophomore, junior year in high school, something like that. Um, but one of the soles was coming off uh, when I was a senior and getting ready to go to college. Okay. And so I was like, so we, my mom and I brought it to the shoe repair store and they put the sole back on and we picked up the shoes and we went to our car and we got home and I only had one shoe. What? Right? So I panicked. Like, And I actually, I think this was like a week or two before I was leaving for college. Oh, wow. So, so already a time of great life transition. Great life transition. And these were kind of at that point, to me, the shoes that were the most, like these were me. Okay. These were the, like, if there were shoes at that point in my life that I felt like epitomized who I was, it was those shoes. Dark blue and wavy. Yeah. <laughs> and I had lost one of them. Yeah. And so we went back and like, it was a huge open parking lot. We scoured the parking lot. We walked, went back to the shoe store to see if somehow I had dropped it there or had actually only picked up one or like drove home to see if it had fallen out of the car while we were driving. I don't know how it would have. Um, I believe that after I went to college, my mom went and looked again wow. to see if she could find Cause she, I, my mom is wonderful. Both of my parents are wonderful and fantastic and very uh, sympathetic and she knew how much this was um in a weird way devastating to me yeah um and we never found it that's so weird and did the shoe place uh cooperate did they look hard for it or were they like eh? i mean it was a tiny it was like one of those you know like a lot of shoe repair stores i don't know if they still are but they used to be like little tiny like basically not much bigger than a closet yeah so like yeah, we'll look. Okay, we've looked. It's not here. They're like, we, we know you at didn't the other twelve it. shoes in the store. It's yeah. not here. Yeah. yeah, it was just like it was a, a tiny little place, and and they were very sympathetic. They're like, if we somehow find it, we'll tell you. Yeah, but I'm sure it just fell, and somebody picked it up, or they were doing a trash sweep of the parking lot or something. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so weird. I wonder. I think most people must have a couple of things like that that are like they feel like. There's probably a logical explanation, obviously, but it feels like it just fell into a portal into another dimension. It really does. Yes. I remember vividly uh, the first time that my brother and I got any uh, He-Man action figures, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And at that time, we still lived in St. Cloud. I think we had driven up to Minneapolis or down to Minneapolis, rather. Um, and we, op- I got He-Man and he got Man-in-Arms. We opened them in the uh in the car in my grandma's car Mm -hmm. and my brother uh dropped the weird weapon that man at arms came with which looked like this kind of weird battle uh like baby rattle Uh but it was like his battering ram but uh and it we could never find it it was that same thing of like we checked the car that night we checked like how does how does man at arms baby rattle just disappear inside a car right and now i in my mind it's in a different dimension with your shoe yeah <laughs> your shoe is more important no by far no they're all they're all important i think we all have those things what happened to the one remaining shoe then uh is it uh is it somewhere in a place of honor is there some uh pedestal uh, for <laughs> beloved shoes that it sits upon there should be so here's here's the sad thing i don't 100 percent know i don't know if it's in a box i think think it probably so um a lot of my shoes that I had that I loved uh I did not get to keep because my parents house had a fire right and so I think I lost it in the fire okay yes from from smoke damage and Mm -hmm. things like that all right um how do you feel in general about loving something like a shoe 
that is designed to be aggressively used. Does it help <laughs> you accept um, that? Does it help you accept entropy? <laughs> Does it help you accept Ooh. that all things like because this is something that I'm I, I wrestle with in general, and I think as I get older, it's natural to wrestle with more. But a lot of the things that I really like are, you know, like a T-shirt or whatever wear out and that kind of bums me out. Mm -hmm. And like there's even T-shirts like I want to I want to only wear this so often because I don't want it to wear off. But mm -hmm. like things like action figures, like for me, I don't I don't play with them. <laughs> I might someday. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I think of comparing my action figure love with your shoe love and then imagine what if action figures were designed to be worn on your feet? <laughs> that they're designed to be used. They're going to go away. That is the nature of things. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, I think, honestly, it's one of the things I like about it because I like that combination of functionality um, with a thing that I enjoy as um, um, aesthetic expression. Yeah. At the same time. I have mentioned multiple times that I don't know what to do with them <laughs> because that final like, okay, what next? And, you know, over the years, like, yes, I have certainly thrown away pairs of shoes. I've definitely. Um, and it's an, an emotional ordeal for you. It is. I have been there. Yes. Is we have double checked <laughs> again and again, like, it's okay to throw these away. Like, and I have voted yes, because yeah. these, the shoes we're talking about are like the faint tattered memory of a shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like today, those canvas shoes with, no longer being attached to the souls, I would throw out like that. Yeah. Um, and I've certainly, you know, given shoes to thrift stores and things like trying to continue that cycle. But um, but when there's shoes that don't quite work, uh, like, in fact, before we moved to Los Angeles, one of my favorite pairs of shoes, um, which for a while I'd had a really good streak of if I had been on a trip, I would, if I was lucky, find a pair of shoes that I liked that then to me like represented that trip. And I had a pair of shoes that I had bought um, the first time I was in New York City. And I loved them. They're like a little bit of a chunky heel. And I wore them all the time. And they were fantastic. But one of the heels um, started to come off. Right. right. To the point that it was unsafe. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they're like three inch heels. So not going to wear those. So I put them in a box and left them in our storage unit. Um, but I think... With the acknowledgement that I'm not entirely good at the final stages of entropy, uh, which a lot of it comes from my wanting there to be a way to recycle them. Right. Um, in fact, when I, but I think, sorry to answer your question, I think that I like some of that functionality of them. If if I just had shoes, and sorry, I will also say some shoes that I, one of the points of the shoes is that they look really nice. Yeah. I don't wear them very often. Like I have some beautiful heels that I will pull out for the occasion when I'm supposed to wear them and then they will go back, you know, into their box or their bag. Like, yeah. So trying to take care of them so I can wear them longer because I don't want them to just get scuffed in the closet or something. Yeah. They're fine China that you uh, only yeah. take out for special walking on events. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. As opposed to like the day-to-day -day pottery. Um, but I did like to talk to them about this whole entropy thing. I had a plan that I never enacted for a long time, um, again, when I was probably middle school, high schoolish, of wanting to make my own shoes out of recycled materials. Yeah. And I thought this was a great plan. 
I was planning to use tires for the soles. I was very excited about this. <laughs> I had no old tires or ways to cut tires, so I never actually did this, but I was very excited about it. Okay. And how does that address entropy? It's because you make something that's designed to be used? Because then if you make something that's out of different specific parts, then you can, at the end of its life, take it apart and recycle those parts. Okay. Or at least if it's like a second life or something, like the tires have then already been on yeah. the car, then okay. you're giving them a second life as the soles of shoes. Yeah. You know, now these days, then you could go bring them to a place where they get shredded and turned into fake slate or who knows what. Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, what is your current favorite pair of shoes? And if it is, if memories are associated with them, I would love to hear about that. Mm. Wow. Or I understand uh, not being able to answer your single favorite uh, <laughs> a pair of shoes, but a, a favorite pair. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got a pair of shoes um, that are current active pair of shoes that I have not worn this year. Um, they're they're heels. They're kind of like a sandal heel. They're a little bit um, a little bit chunky, which I was happy that was coming back. And I I like them because I like because I feel like they give me an extra amount of power okay when i walk i think i got them right around the time that the first wonder woman movie came out okay so i think in my mind i always associate them a little bit like with that first wonder woman movie yeah Mm -hmm. yeah for the variety of shoes that you have now are there i'm trying to think of the right way to uh ask this because i am super ignorant of the actual terminology You've got some shoes that you just slip on and they buckle. You've got some other shoes that have that do more like elaborate lace up the ankle weirdness uh, going on. And it's only weirdness to me because I don't know the terminology. Uh, but speaking of Wonder Woman made me think of it because mm-hmm. some of them have an aesthetic power to them because even though they are functional, just like there's movement to all of the way they're being laced and buckled and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that is the little like the 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 fastening of them is that a part of it do you um no unless it's just a zipper that works really well like i (laughs) i like a good satisfying zip like i am a a fan of boots yes um so like boots with a good like zipper up the side or something that's great but i don't like uh shoes that are complicated to get on okay so that is not a plus no no i mean i have some shoes that i love but they're hard to get on and even harder to get off um, and I like the contortions of trying to get off a difficult pair of boots are not fun for anybody. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite pair of boots that either you have had in the past or now, because you do have a lot of boots And speaking of, uh, power, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you've got some powerful boots that, uh, that make powerful noises <laughs> and a powerful <laughs> statement. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a pair of, um, maroon heeled boots. I would like burgundy yeah. heeled boots that I really like. Okay, burgundy heel is another uh, cat that I want in cats too. <laughs> yeah. uh, but why? So why? Is it, is it the aesthetic? Is it the way they make you feel? Is it the way that they uh, feel when you walk? Um, I think yes all, to all of those. I don't always like heeled boots. I think they can be very uncomfortable. And as much as I will wear heels, I I like my... I've, I have managed to find a lot of heels in my life that are comfortable. Okay. Um, I've also found plenty and wear plenty that are not comfortable. But for me, I like, I do treasure comfort also. And so I think um, these are like a, a good high, like probably 
two, three, probably three inch heels. Like they're not super, I don't really go much above three inches for heels for myself unless I have to for some reason. Um, But they're again, sleek, which I have lots of other things that aren't sleek, but I like these because they're sleek and I feel like they, um, I like the pop of color. Okay. Sleek, sleek for boots, chunky for shoes. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> they, they they all intermingle. Okay, so yeah. the, things can be both sleek and chunky. Mm-hmm. That is very good to know. <laughs> uh, if you could have a, any pair of shoes in the future, what might they be? What either something that exists, something that doesn't exist, that you're excited for that next pop of joy of adding a new pair of shoes or boots to your collection. Mm. Right now, I feel like I'm looking for the right pair of new boots. Okay, what do you want out of these new boots? Something that sings. But I don't quite know what the song is yet. That's the problem. Um, uh, you know what? Honestly, talking about those those shoes and the like streamlined, modern uh, kind of stitching on them, like I like that idea of something that is uh, shoes that have an architectural aesthetic without being chunky or something like something okay. that's still sleek. Okay, sleek but comfortable. Okay. And like much li- more comfortable. literally have lines of movement like on the boot. Yeah, but only like in the stitching or something. Like I don't want pieces on them that move. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I know you don't <laughs> want like spins and dials and uh, yeah. uh, switches. Like I'm but, not so much for spurs on boots okay. for myself. Fair enough. Well, I mean, that is that's that makes going to work kind of ominous at this point in our culture. Yep. To be like, oh, yep. here comes the manager. <laughs> ching, ching, ching. Uh, but in terms of like aesthetic designs. Like if it was, let's say, like a, a a dark blue boot that literally had a sort of a designed line, the way you describe those, you know, your old favorite shoes. Mm-hmm. Do you like lines on boots, or do you want the boots themselves to be to have mm. the energy and the movement, not the design? Ooh, that's a good question. I think because right now a lot of my other shoes, the the shoe itself has is the design. Yeah. That yeah, something like some stitched on, like some good. Z- zigzags or chevron or oh yeah something like that okay Sound, sounds nice or like a the same color as the shoe so it's not necessarily although i like a good contrasting color too but yeah okay um would you want one pair of shoes that could magically transform into any other pair of shoes mm, i mean yes but not really Okay, so let's examine that because that was again. I have the benefit of seeing your face and uh, in having some years of experience reading your emotions. That was a fast and visceral reaction in your eyes. Nope. Uh, so you would still. So that I guess that what that says to me is that maybe you like them all being their own unique thing. So it's not necessarily about because you would still get the experience of walking in them. Mm-hmm. If they morphed into different shoes for different purposes, mm-hmm. but somehow that doesn't fulfill your love. No, because I at least want to be able to have like I'd be happy having not as many shoes and then having one pair of magic shoes. Yeah. Um, I mean, because that's the thing. Like, that's why I was like, yes, because really, who turns down magic shoes? That's that's crazy. That's ridiculous. I'm not going to turn down magic shoes. But um, but I still want I want the magic shoes to have friends. <laughs> so a little bit of your obsession is having a collection. Yep. Okay. Excellent. And uh, obviously you try to be responsible with your collection and wanting to <laughs> recycle it and, and giving the shoes a good end. 
of the road <laughs> we have covered. So uh, let's move on to some how obsessed are you questions. We haven't done these uh, as much, but this is a great uh, time because I, it is hard for me to actually estimate what your actual obsession level is. Mm-hmm. So let's do some closer examination. Do you think about shoes every day? No. No. Oh, Multiple uh, times a week, yes. Okay. On days that you don't think about shoes, why not? Um, probably because it's the pandemic and I'm working at home on my stocking feet. <laughs> and then your mind, it's not occupying your mind in that way that your mind would go to thinking about the next pair of shoes you're going to get or missing. Like it, it, this relationship is more functional. It, it really is. It yeah. really is. And I feel like it's, it's gone up and down over the years, sometimes just about the shoes, but sometimes about like, okay, if like the current shoe styles weren't really a thing that excited me and I was at a place where I wasn't in thrift stores as much or just wasn't finding things that I liked, um, then then the um, the obsession would wane a little bit. And then if like, ooh, things are starting to get back to like styles that really speak to me, then my interest peaks, picks up again a little bit. Okay. So it is much, it is both about myself, but it also is about what are the external stimulus around me. Okay, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, have you ever named a pair of shoes? Oh, no. Bet it's about time to start. Uh, I mean, you named your doll, Sarah. Would you name any of your shoes, Sarah? <laughs> no, I would hope that I've gotten over some of the naming practices that I had when I was two. Uh, would that would that make you have even more of a bond with your shoes? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, because anytime that we personify things in that way, it it, it you know. It is a way to illustrate, like, yes, you're an inanimate, inanimate object, but you're going through this adventure with me. Yeah. So would that would that make you enjoy the bond even more, or would it make it harder to say goodbye to you know, like, I think... Susan and Philip, or however you name <laughs> the shoes? I think, um, I think for the most part, I think I would need naming shoes to be a special thing. Okay. Like, I could have a special pair of shoes, and they're named, like... These silver shoes of mine are Starfire. <laughs> okay. And but I'm not going to name all of the pairs of shoes. So it would be have something certain to... shoes that had names for what, and there could be a variety of reasons for why they would deserve names. But they have to earn it. So it's something to elevate them, yeah. not like every day I walk on Dan. <laughs> <laughs> right. That just seems mean to Dan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I think about that, I like personifying a lot of things and making that connection, but I wouldn't want to do that to my shoes. Yeah. But it makes uh, it really makes sense to me what you're saying of like, but these are, you know, the ones I take out. The, these are the Excalibur shoes. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. To truly accomplish a mission. Right. Like if there's something that has a either a story behind it or you wear them for a certain like, here's the meeting that I really need to like feel my best for or, or whatever. Like I really need my feet to be comfortable and happy today. So yeah. I'm putting on the comfortable happy shoe th- Happy feet shoes. Yeah, that makes sense. Because when I started having the red Converse, which is what I m- mostly wear now, mm-hmm. uh, that all started from playing a character in a at Mill City Museum who uh, taught about uh, wheat <laughs> farming <laughs> uh, called Berry Wheat. So I thought of those as the Berry Wheat shoes because that's where I wore them and then you know when that uh when i stopped doing that gig they were like you can you can take the shoes no, nobody else is gonna wear your shoes you've been wearing uh, for years <laughs> uh and then i'm now several generations down from barry wheat but yeah I, I can see thinking of them from a story perspective yeah of these are my you know new york shoes do you still consider them your barry wheat shoes i think 
in the back of my mind, I am, I think some of my connection with them is the evolution is that they, like I had definitely had Converse high top in, in the past and, and really always enjoyed that aesthetic for, I think for lots of different reasons. Mm -hmm. But then the red, uh, I enjoyed wearing those shoes. Um, and then I, it was great that like, ah, I, I really like these shoes and it's really cool that they're going to, you know, let me, I honestly can't remember if they just gave them to me or offered f for me to pay for them. I honestly can't remember, mm -hmm. but I remember being happy to have them. Yeah. And then they were kind of with me as I was making this very specific transition from doing more, um, sketch and theater and actorly stuff into doing more performing as myself as, you know, a stand up or a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And, and wearing black all the time and wanting that pop of color, mm -hmm. you know? So I think just the fact that they've gone with me on this very specific journey. Yeah. And then for a long time, I just wore them when I was doing shows, but then it just eventually became like, but I like my red Converse and they just became the shoe that I wear yeah. all the time. So I, I think I think of the journey <laughs> and the journey like began that. for me with Barry Wheat. Oh, I like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, have you ever said uh, a swear word over shoes? Oh, well, when I lost that shoe, I didn't swear. So I, if I did, I would have then, um, <laughs> but I didn't. So, so there's that. <laughs> um, gosh, nothing, nothing that like jumps to mind. <laughs> I think what? the fact I... that you answered my swearing question by saying gosh answers my question. <laughs> gosh, I don't think I swore. <laughs> Gee whiz. Gee willikers. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, how often do you make the typo where you switch the word show and shoe? Not as often as you do, probably. I do it constantly. All the time. And in both directions. Yeah. I have sent out emails about like, you know, here's the shoe order for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And got to get a new pair of shows. I have done both many times. Why do you think you don't make that typo? You have reason to type both those words. Yeah, but I don't type them as often as I, th I think about shoes and shows more often than I type the words shoes or shows. Okay, fair enough. All right. Well, I, I learned something that I need to work on in my life. Um, would you watch a 28-part Ken Burns documentary on the history of shoes? Yes. <laughs> I thought that would be a fast yes. <laughs> uh, obviously, you are a student of history, and that's something you'd be actively excited about, right? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> when is it coming? I, I, I we'll look into this. I shouldn't have asked that question without uh, checking first in case that's what Ken Burns is working on. If a friendly bear wanted to try on a pair of your shoes, would you let the bear? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Even if the bear, the bear's friendly and means well, but maybe their big bear paws does some damage to shoes. I mean, I would choose which shoes I offer to the bear. Um, no, I mean, not, and I don't even mean that in like a because the bear can't wear starfire. Right, exactly. Uh, and like shoes that I know are hard for me to get into and out of, that's just mean. Right, you're not going to lace offer that up to the, yeah, okay. to the bear. Um, if I still had some of those um, old canvas shoes yeah. laying around, I would absolutely be like, here, bear, try them. Because if the bear ripped them, I could be like, look. Great style. Here's some duct tape. That's just like what I did. <laughs> Here you go. All right. Buddy. <laughs> Buddy. Uh, can you make a noise to sum up your obsession with shoes? Hmm. <laughs> Pure contentment. 
pure contentment, but there's also some uh, energy. Yeah. Forward movement in that contentment. Walking. Yeah, because their contentment can be, uh, but you went, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we've come to the moment of truth, rating the obsession on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the highest, or 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest. I've confused even myself for all these years. <laughs> 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest. Mm-hmm. Where would you rate your obsession? I'm going to give myself an 8. Okay. And... It, you don't normally go that high, so this no. seems like a real... Because it's both... I mean, it comes and goes, but it 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 was fun thinking about this and talking about it because um, I have spent more time thinking about shoes than a lot of other things and in a lot of different ways Yeah. Um, over my life. So it doesn't... There's times when it takes up more space and times when it takes up less. Um, but yeah, no, it's... But it'll always be something that you obviously you will be uh, interacting with because we all interact with shoes, as you so wisely pointed out. But it will <laughs> always be like some level of aesthetic fascination, some level of even a hobby at different times. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would say even if I lived on the beach and, for, you know, had the life where I only walked barefoot on the beach and that's all I ever did and I didn't actually put on shoes. I think I would still think about shoes. Yeah. Okay. That is a really good test. I might add that to my how obsessed are you? If you were in some situation where you couldn't or didn't need to physically interact with this thing, would you still think about it? That's mm-hmm. a good one. Uh, all right. We are going to move on to our plugging section. Uh, where can you be found on the social media these days? I could be found on Instagram at Scrim Street. And I got to start sharing more shoes. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get a picture of Starfire. <laughs> <laughs> and here are quick plugs then uh, for our show. Before our final questions, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook as at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff like that, you can check out my website at josephscrimshot.com. Do have a new online show coming up on Valentine's Day. I'm going to be doing a comedy variety scavenger hunt show uh, with my friends, the Double Clicks. Uh, They'll be doing some music and comedy. I'll be saying some comedy words. And then for Valentine's Day, we've got uh, three great uh, entertainer uh, couples who are going to be doing a weird, fun scavenger hunt right in their own homes, but live on the internet for you. Uh, again, that's on Valentine's Day, and there is a ticket link right on the front of my website, josephscrimshot.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full from that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, here are our final questions. If you could live in either of these places, which would you choose, a tree or a cloud? Oh! I know. Wow! Um, a tree. A tree. The tree beats a, a cloud because just the lifelong love of trees? I mean, they a lifelong love of both, goodness, because if it's a tall enough tree, maybe sometimes the clouds will come touch it. <laughs> I see. <laughs> nice, nice, nice manipulation of the question. <laughs> uh, that's the way to handle these. If there was one basic life task you never had to do again, what would it be? <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> washing dishes washing dishes what was that uh almost evil laugh about it was about how quickly that was what my mind went to because it went right to dishes uh yes i i understand uh i wish that you lived in a treehouse where there were no dishes <laughs> <laughs> i of course want to live there as well uh final question is what is happiness happiness is 
sitting in a tree in a cloud at the same time. <laughs> that is a hard answer to argue with uh, in terms of <laughs> happiness images. So thank you everyone for listening. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. So you have another shoe story? Yeah. So here's another pair of shoes that I um, also bought at a thrift shop. And they are also kind of a like wine colored shoe, but they're flats and fun and kind of funky looking. Uh, but when I bought them, they're fairly um, unworn. But I think there is a small, very, very small hole in the uh, sole that I didn't notice at first, but a pebble, a pebble had gotten into it. And so every time I walk, one shoe rattles. <laughs> and I've had these shoes for years. I still wear them and the rattle is still there. And is it a comfort to hear the rattle? I mean, it depends on what I'm doing. Like sometimes if I'm in a place I'm supposed to be quiet, I wish I could control the rattle. But it's just, it's very quiet. It's just like one pebble gliding back and forth inside. And I can't feel it because there's like a cushion yeah. within the sole of the shoe. Okay. So let's not wear those shoes to the jewel heist we're planning. Deal. <laughs>